Welcome to the Mental Arsenal Podcast, your go-to resource for creating an extraordinary life and business from the inside out. I am your host, Master Life Coach and Business Success Coach, Chris Acebu. This podcast is dedicated to helping purpose-driven leaders and entrepreneurs and ambitious people like you thrive in life and business by mastering the inner game. Thanks for tuning in. Let's get started. Today, I have such an awesome, awesome guest. And it's so funny how we connected uh, because he authored a book that was edited by my good friend. And my friend shared this book with me because he knows I'm so into physics and spirituality and all the law of attraction stuff and how that relates to personal development and self-improvement. And so when I read this book, it was so fascinating and I loved how compact is what it was and it was so concise and well explained and I, I loved all of these different uh, explanations and the very unique take and perspective on how physics and spirituality ties all together. So this guest that I have is a f- physicist who specializes in photonics. And I want to give the floor to him to give us a quick introduction about himself, just to give us an idea of where he came from and what is up to now. So everyone, I'm so excited to welcome to show Calvin McCord. Calvin, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, certainly, Chris. Yeah, well, thanks for firstly inviting me to come on here. Um, this is, uh, it'll be fun to have a quick chat with you about this. Um, so my my interest really started when I was about 14. Um, I had an amazing experience when I was playing golf with a group of friends. And um, up until that point, I just, you know, it never really dawned on me to question why we were here or what it was all about. I had a bit of an awakening experience. Um, when I, I go into a little bit more detail in the book, and it just set me off on a course of being fascinated with physics and and um, spirituality as well. So at that age, I started reading a lot about quantum physics and um, lots of different authors and spirituality for several years because the people around me, I couldn't really get many answers out of that um, really meant too much to me. It just seemed like it was a mystery. And so anyway, so then the thing that I thought was the best route forward was to go and study physics um, and astronomy. So I went to Glasgow University, studied that, and then got into the field of uh, lasers and photonics, which um, is basically the study of light, you know, f- photons and light and um, using them in um, scientific research. So I worked as a laser scientist for several years. Um, and then uh, and then I moved more into working in uh you know, outside of that, more commercial, but I was dealing with um, all kinds of companies and government things, developing sort of laser systems and photonics. But all, all in that meantime, um, my fascination for really understanding what it's all about, you know, the, the world, reality, and um, it never never waned. So um, it just, yeah. I continuously wrote and um, researched and, um, you know, for the last, what, I don't know how long that's been now. I'm 49, so it's been uh, 35 years. And um, uh, yeah, so it took me up till 2013. And that's when I got the idea to write the book. Um, I just had an experience where I almost died. And um, and then I, after that, I came out and I just started to, to write and create artwork. So a lot of the artwork in the book, um, some of it took like 300 hours to, to do just one piece of the art because it's, they're oil paintings that are big sort of scale oil paintings. Well, that one didn't. That one was actually one of the, but that was an oil painting. So that, I don't know, that might have taken 20, 30 hours. Or, that that one took hundreds of hours um, because it had to be painted maybe like 10 layers. Um, so um, yeah, that one's called Sands of Thought, which is, I guess, about your consciousness rising out of being identified with thought and um mm-hmm. you know and yeah so uh, i i love visually communicating it as well as communicating it um you know with writing and um 
Yeah. One of the other things you briefly mentioned as well was about it being short and concise. Um, that's that was something that's really important. Yeah. So many <laughs> books, that, so many books that I've read, you know, I mean, for me, making it short and sweet and to the point with not too much jargon in it, although there is a little bit, but not too much. And just trying to keep it as simple as possible without getting into too overly into too much detail for me was something that I was I was trying to do. So I was trying to make it um yeah, short and short and sweet, <laughs> hopefully. Yeah. Absolutely. So to our listeners, uh, Calvin's book is called Return to the Absolute, Bridging the Gap Between Physics and Consciousness. I really, really enjoyed reading this book. And like, I remember reading that part on that experience that you had when you were 14, like, wow, such a young age to have a flash of insight or almost like an epiphany that just led you down this road of pursuing a curiosity of trying to understand reality as you see it as it is or as you experience it. So I think that's so fascinating that you were, you know, led to go in that direction and you went with it and, you know, your life sort of like, like just unfolded how it unfolded because you pursued yeah. that curiosity. And, you know, to our listeners, I, I really love that about Calvin. It's like, Curiosity really is the seed of passion. Like you never get passionate about something that you're not first curious about. So for our listeners, like the things that we develop passion around, because, you know, it's so common for people to ask, I don't know what my passions are. Like, how do I find my passion? Well, you find your passion by engaging with your curiosities and your interests. What yeah. interests yeah. you now? And when you read books about those interests and curiosities, when you take programs and courses or speak with experts, you realize that the passion either grows or, or not, which is fine. But the key there is to tune in on those curiosities uh, and they just lead you to places you never know it will lead you. Uh -huh. Absolutely. I mean, for, for me, it's like, even with the art and the book, it was like, I don't, they seem to be coming together, you know, these ideas with the art and the writing all came together, but then it's like, what, uh, you know, an illustrated book on physics, reality sort of things doesn't fit into a box, you know, that um, yeah. but it was just what I was pulled to do, you know. Right, yeah. I, I love how you phrased that, pulled to do. It's like, I think that speaks to an internal or an intrinsic motivation because like a lot of people too, especially entrepreneurs struggle with forcing themselves to have to do something. But when you are led by curiosity and passion, you're naturally motivated. Like you don't have to force yourself to read that book. You don't have to force yourself to study that program because you're curious. You just want to do it. And I think that's the frictionless way to grow as a person and as a professional, you know, because you're not, there's no resistance, there's no friction, you're not fighting yourself to do it, you just feel pulled. I really love that. Yeah, yeah. so there was, so there was a pulling to do all that, the, the writing and the art and to, to do it, but then there was a lot of personal resistance in terms of sharing it, you know, because mm. um, it's a different thing when, when you kind of start doing something and it's not exactly uh, coming out the way that you know people will just say, oh, yeah, that's just normal. That's just completely acceptable and normal. Mm. You don't know if you do something, then people will say, that's a bit weird <laughs> or that's a yeah. bit crazy or or that's a bit. So that part can be a bit scary for, for anyone that's like creating something from the inside that, uh, and then sharing it, you know, that yeah. step. So, you know, totally. I guess rec recognizing that that part is actually something that um, – you know, it is a, is a good thing, you know, when you feel a bit scared or you feel a bit fearful of something and not thinking, oh, maybe that's not the right direction to go in. Um, you know, I, I guess for me, it felt like I was being pulled and, and pushed in that direction, but it was from an internal place. Um, so, yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah I, I love that um, because for people who don't give themselves permission to pursue something that you're curious or passionate about, that's one of the things that stop them is this fear. Sometimes it's a fear of rejection. It's sometimes it's a yep. fear of humiliation. Sometimes it's a fear of failure. Um, and sometimes it's just a general sense of fear. But then 
one thing we all need to get is that when we're venturing into new domain, something that a lot of people will call outside our comfort zone, it will always feel scary because we've never been there before. It's unfamiliar yeah. territory. So I love what Calvin shared about using fear not as a stop sign, but as a go signal to keep going. Now, this is such a powerful reframe or a change in thinking. Or in coaching, we like to call it a distinction where we distinguish between, you know, we interpret things or look at things from two different perspectives. So I think this is such a powerful way to look at fear, not as like, whoa, whoa, turn around, don't go here, to, hmm, let me see what's down this road. Let me see what's in store for me. And, you know, you most of the time, it's actually, there's no, because this fear usually comes from a fear of injury or hurt or harm. It's a very, it's a, it comes from a very primal place. We feel that if we go there, sometimes the brain even, blows things out of proportion and thinks, you know, I might die if I do this. But then you'll realize that actually, no, I'm safe. And then you give yourself even more and more permission to go and expand to beyond that comfort zone. Um, and that's how you actualize your potential and be all that you can be. So I yeah. really love that you mentioned that, Calvin. Yeah. 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 No problem. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes like you said earlier, like things just seem to make sense. And that's true. Like hindsight is 2020. Like you never really know how your life unfolds. Like you're doing physics stuff and then you're writing a book and now you're making art. Like from the outside looking in, like you might be like, okay, what's she doing? But then <laughs> when you look back, you're like, oh, it makes sense. Like this thing led to this other thing and this yeah. other thing led to that other thing. So yeah, for, I mean, I mean art, yeah, go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to say, when I had the idea for writing the book, um, and that was just after I had to, I was in hospital for three weeks and hadn't spoken for three weeks when I had that health um, health situation. And um, But when I came back and I got this strong urge to, um, uh, you know, this this idea popped into my head about writing the book. And um, But at that point, I wasn't really in a place to receive it. That was like nine years ago. And I started to think, oh, well, well who am I to be writing a book about that? Creating? Mm. It just it just seemed like too much to create all this artwork and to mm. write all this stuff. Because, I mean, the, you know, the artwork in it is way more hours than time writing, you know. Um, yeah. But um, so I started to think, oh, maybe I can get other people to do artwork and to share their perspectives on reality. Um, but really, I wanted to just share my own perspective and just 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 to share. But at that time, it, it took me a long time between when I got the idea to when I actually. But I but I still did so much. I, I was doing it all along the way for many many years. I just didn't really know I was particularly writing a book or creating it, you know, mm. for for nine years. So, um, and then then another big part part of it is really, you know, I know everyone's heard it before, but somehow managing to move beyond the you know worrying about how how it's received and uh, whether something's successful or not and really just the act of sharing it and being yeah. courageous enough to let it out there is enough in itself um yeah, absolutely. you know uh, and that's a personal thing you know um so mm -hmm. uh yeah it's yeah anyway, that's yeah that that's that's really great um that you share that about you know the story behind the the book the process of it coming together and i love that you mentioned too that internal dialogue of just asking who am i i think for a lot of people that is something that we question ourselves and it speaks to our own self doubt and you know maybe even with our own level of self-esteem now we've all experienced that we've all questioned our own credibility and feeling like an imposter um, but i feel like in the realm of spirituality who are you i mean you are god made manifest you are infinite potential and you know we yeah. need to tap in go to that place when we're experiencing that self-doubt and i really love what calvin shared about you know releasing or letting go of the attachment to an outcome of like creating something and willing or wanting it to be successful and just thinking about like putting it out there. I think that is so important because I feel that for many people, creatives and, and entrepreneurs and, and leaders, 
they stop themselves from putting things out there out of fear of rejection or failure. And I always think that when we have something, an idea or something that we want to create that we want to share to the world and we hold ourselves back from sharing it, we are creating a disservice to the people that we want to serve. Mm. Um, and if we can think about even just changing one person's life, I think that's, you know, that's amazing. Sometimes we think too big and we're like, I want to change a million people's lives. But if we can change that one person's lives and, and that person's life creates this ripple effect, you know, in his own family, in his own community, I feel like we've made a dent in the universe. So really coming from a place of service and knowing that, you know, one universal purpose of humankind is to create, you know, as God created man in his own image. So man creates. And I like in spirituality, they say to co-create with God. So it's all about aligning with our free will, aligning it with God's thoughts and infusing the things that we create, you know, with God's consciousness. Yeah. And we create beautiful things because that's what God wants to do, right? He wants to experience God for himself through man's yep. creation. I think yeah. that's one way to think about it. <laughs> absolutely. absolutely. I think the same. And, and um, you know, in, in, in the book, there was um, an acknowledgement section for me was a really important part because, uh, you know, there were so many, so many people. I mean, like every, everything and everyone in the universe really plays a part in every creation to me. And um, so it, it was really important for me to just try and acknowledge some of the people who were more directly, you know, had more of a direct influence, which was so many people. I mean, like, you know, I, I put my, I've often struggled with art or anything to put my name in anything because you just feel so many things and people and um, play a part in it. Um, so, uh, you know, that's, I guess, reflective of even what I'm saying in the book, you know, that uh, there is no separation with any creation. That, that creation comes just through a particular perspective that's maybe a unique perspective within the universe, but uh, it's still all one of the same thing, you know, just creating something unique. And um, uh, But every single person, I mean, it would be different if it wasn't for every little interaction I had along my life that may not exist, you know. So um, maybe it, 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 in a bigger, it came through me, but then everyone else played a part in it. So, um, yeah. Yeah, I love that. I love that. You know, um, really acknowledging, which is really just another word for gratitude. You know, uh, acknowledging the the angels, if you know, a spiritual perspective, or like the helpers. Um, I think Deepak Chopra in one of his books says, like, you know, inherent in every desire is the mechanism for its accomplishment. So if there's something we want to create in the world, you know, and I love how you mentioned this with the uh, emission and absorption spectra is like if you put something out there you attract it back to put things back to the absolute or to balance and that's how it normalizes it now i know for our listeners they might this what i'm talking about might feel a bit uh alien or confusing but essentially um that just is a great way to explain the law of attraction like you know thoughts are energy forms and um I think you mentioned on an atomic level, like there's an emission and in order for it to bring back to balance, like it needs to attract the same frequency in order to bring things to yeah to, to balance place, right? Yeah, yeah, that's right, to receive it back. To receive it back, yeah. And sometimes that comes in a form of challenges or situations, opportunities, um, and people. So I like that you mentioned that. And... You even also mentioned, you know, came through me. I love that because like we're just we're just a vessel for God's creation. They say we're the faucet for the divine waters. I, I really like that. So, yeah. Calvin, one of the things that really fascinated me about the book was the concept on electromagnetism, because this is something that kind of like confused me when I was exploring this world of like um manifestation and things like that and I was always baffled not not baffled maybe confused by like 
you know, because in attraction, like like thought attra attracts like things, but in the electromagnetism, it feels like it's the opposite, right? Because the positive charge attracts the negative charge. Yeah. So can yeah. you tell us a little bit more about, can you clarify what that actually means in terms well, of like returning to balance? Well, I, I guess what I was talking about there is duality, you know, like you've got um, a plus and a minus. So I'm, I'm saying there's a flow back from duality to the absolute. And the absolute, I guess, is is a state. I mean, it's even beyond oneness. It's hard to put a word on it. I think you understand, like a glimpse yeah. or a taste of what that is. Um, and then and then that differentiates into, you know, opposites, like duality, like pluses and minuses. And what, what I was saying in the book, that, that physics, there, there's a flow back, even though there might be the creation of these plus and minuses, but there's always a, a natural flow back to bringing these things together to um, to return back to that absolute state, um, whether it's in a you know, bubble finding balance in its environment or it's um, a, a positive and negative um, coming together and um, forming a ba you know, balancing and neutralizing charge. Or if it's you send out certain energetic signature in your electromagnetic field, then if that's that energetic signature is being sent out, then it should receive back a matching sort of energetic signature to balance that back out again and also return what's given and what's received um, back to that absolute state. Um, so, yeah, and that's where, you know, the law of attraction is not, uh, not really necessarily talking about attraction as much as, um, a balancing of the energy going out and what comes back in and um, which is like karma and like you know th there's lots of different ways this is said you know yeah I, I like how it overlaps you know I've always been fascinated by research and, and science and how that overlaps with um, spirituality and religion and we can, I think we both appreciate that science and technology really is just catching up to the ancient wisdom of, you know, the great sages. Um, yeah. It, really yeah nice. it, it feels like, you know, at, at one point we were living in it. We were just present in that space. And then at some point, I don't know when or how, there was like a, some sort of separation where not yeah. actually a real, not actually a real separation, just a perception, a separation of yeah. there's this and this and me and that out there. Yeah. And then, and then when that occurred, then science seemed to progress by um, superimposing that onto the whole of the world and splitting it up into all these parts. And then, and then as it progressed, coming to the realization that, oh, I can't really understand things in that way. That ends up very strange why, um, you know, it's a part over there can talk to a part over there. Um, it, it doesn't make sense when you've got um, uh, separate parts and then trying to put it back together. Um, like a machine you know it's um it was never separate in the first place right so yeah. i think science has gone full circle back the greeks yeah. believe that and then the Greek greeks came up with reductionism and uh you know thought about breaking things up and understanding that way but uh, yeah so it's and obviously spirituality always came from that perspective um <laughs> the, there there is no separation that the world of maya or whatever is uh, you know, is an illusion or is not actually the underlying way that things are. Um, yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. And I think even with the slogan of the show, right, we say we create the life and business from the inside out. That's even an example of duality inside and out. And, yeah. you know, how return to the absolute is like the merging of the inside out. And that's something that really inspired yeah, me. I, I, and it's probably a, it's for a forever ending thing while we're alive anyway that we will have that situation it's not like we've got to reach that state and um that's it nothing you know there'll always be new 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 um new creations seeing things in new way desires or um uh you know that, that then will have will be rebalanced but we can deliberately choose to have some sort of um, be a source for it, you know, a source for it to respond to, rather than be um, uh, just continuously perpetuating the cycle of what we're experiencing and then giving it back out, you know. So we mm. can actually um, create, we can, you know, we can create a new vision or picture of ourselves, and um, and then that, then our world around us has to um, match that, back, you know, balance that back out with experiences and um, a different personality persona can then the world can respond to that your world yeah i love that and you know 
in creation, they always say it occurs in two, two steps or that creation always happens twice, first in the mind, then in physical reality. Mm-hmm. So I really love that you share that, you know, we can envision or visualize a better version of ourselves, which is really just a version of ourselves vibrating at a higher frequency. Mm-hmm. And we can all tap into that. And yeah, we focus our energies there. Then eventually, you know, we actualize that in, in physical reality. Yeah. And then another place, another place is you can also just completely surrender into being a vehicle for something higher that you don't even know the details of it. You know, you could you could also be in the place where you're just wishing to serve this higher higher good and you just allow whatever to come through you that comes through you without any personalized thing about I want things to be like this or that or this or that. You know? I really um, love that. That is so good. Oh my gosh. Like wow, that is really deep, you guys. Like in a world where we're sometimes too focused on manifesting whatever we want, we often miss out on that kind of like depth of like just allowing ourselves to be a vessel. And you know, whether you're spiritual or not, whether you're an atheist or a theist, you know, just allowing yourself to be a vessel, you know, for God's creation and, and purpose and, and consciousness. You know, there's a this line in, in this book called A Course in Miracles. And I think it says something like, you know, when we go into a space or when we go somewhere, we're like, I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know what I'm going to say, but I'm only here to represent him who sent to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And even if I don't know what I'm going to do or say, I will be guided. I really love that. That is so Absolutely. good. <laughs> Absolutely no, I, I I love that I love that book as well. Um, I haven't entirely finished the big one, you know. It's like, <laughs> but uh, no, I love that I love that too. And uh, you've got that there, yeah. I also <laughs> got one recently, which was a Course in Miracles Made Easy, <laughs> which is a shorter, briefer version of it as well. But um, but I, in in essence, that's how I get over um, fear. Is that I'm just like trying to put myself in that place and just say, well, you know, whatever happens, happens and comes comes through me like even now talking to you just just trying to just without any pre-thought idea of what might be talked about or what things we'll discuss just trying to be that you know as, as much as I can but you know human as well <laughs> as everyone is but we all do it when it comes to like speaking engagements and like going somewhere enjoying a meeting there's always this idea of like having an agenda like, what's my agenda? What do I want to achieve here? What are, you know, what do I want to talk about? And sometimes they serve a practical purpose, but sometimes we can just go into space and let whatever happens, happens. Not from yeah. a positivity, but from a from a, an empowered place of allowing. Absolutely. Yeah. You don't have to have the, the specifics of it, but you can open yourself up to whatever is in the highest good of, everybody listening and, and let whatever pass through you you know to to come through you and uh, without needing to know the details of it um yeah yeah so yeah <laughs> i love that yeah so by the way to our listeners i really love how calvin kind of like broke this book up into three sections so the first one is on uh, physics, duality, and the absolute. And then the second one is spirituality, duality, and absolute. And the third part is life experience, duality, and the absolute. Like, I feel that makes it, like, there's a nice flow. Like, first it explores science and physics, and then it explores spirituality and the great religions, and then, you know, applies that into life experience. So I really like that. And earlier, too, you mentioned about that bubble. I really love that. Do I call that a metaphor or like how you visualize that? And you mentioned, I think, in the book that, you know, a bubble is like in a state of perfect balance or was it a sphere? Is a shape yeah, that's a, a bubble, yeah. balance. Sphere. Yeah. yeah. I really love that. That's such a powerful way to visualize uh, returning to the absolute or balance. It's like, you know, if a gust of wind like pushes the balloon, I'm sorry, the bubble away, it kind of like deforms and, you know, and it'll go back to its spherical shape. But if it's like the gust is too strong, it'll, you know, it'll pop to return to the absolute. Yeah, it will naturally move move away from an environment that's out of balance. I mean, it's it's very basic 
physics stuff, you know, uh, it's just a different way of phrasing it or or presenting it. And um, the you know that bubble when it deforms and there's a gust of wind, it will move away until it reaches a place where there is balance of all the pressure outside and the pressure inside, and then it will reform the um, uh, the spherical shape and it will stay there where it is. It will stay stationary. You know, so it, it, there's a move towards there. It doesn't move away from it, you know, at all, unless there's an imbalance, um, unless, you know, for it to then seek that state. So, you know, it's just a nice little visual way and um, of um, representing it, I thought. Yeah. I, I When I read it, I was like, oh, my God, that is so good. Like, I've never read anything like that before. And it's one of those those things where you're like, it's a simple concept. But when you explain it, you know, to simplify as which is what I love about your book. It's like you kind of like dumb it down <laughs> to, to make it as understandable to the average person. Like it's not intimidating. Like you're a physicist. It's so easy to just talk about jargon and, you know, that often will like put people off there. Like, oh, it sounds too technical and intimidating. But I like how it's so approachable. Yeah. How you wrote the book. And I love the examples and the visuals and your your paintings and your drawings. They definitely help visualize some of the things. Oh, that's good. <laughs> yeah. So what about we talk about this really inter- interesting um, painting that you made here? Can you tell us a little bit more about this? So there's like. Yeah, that's yeah, that one's called The Hidden Connection. Um, that was the first that what happened when I came out of hospital, um, which I told you I'd been in a state um, of, for three weeks and I'd, I hadn't said hardly a word in three weeks. Anyway, and I, before that, I decided to give up painting and then I had this experience of, um, you know, quite full on medical situation. And when I got out of hospital, I went to um, I went back home that day, went to bed. And then in the middle of the night, about three o'clock in the morning, <laughs> I just got up and I just had that image in my head and um, that that symbol, the symbol and w- with all this meaning with what it meant behind it. And then I just I went, I just got up, went into my office and I just drew that symbol um, and um, just that center central symbol. And then uh, and then I started to write about it as well. Um, and then so so really the it's quite um it's like that top high it's it's basically pointing it's looking at the world uh, I guess through the five senses so you can see the sort of five little blocks and it's seeing the world through the five senses so it's um uh, it, it basically just has a limited perspective it doesn't see how everything is all connected so it looks like it's looking at a world that's there's separate parts whereas it's still even though the eyes looking the other way there's a solid connection behind it to everything that is which is that everything is is that central sphere and then um the one in the bottom the eyes pointing the other way so the eyes is is aware even though it's still got that five sensory separate world is looking the other way so it's looking and seeing that solid connection to everything that is that solid you know channel so it was just a simple way um, to represent that um, that thing. So it's always with you. It's not like we are ever separate. Um, it's just we're looking the other way. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's so good. Like, yeah, we're always connected. We're always, you know, there's this cosmic unity. It's just a matter of recognizing. Like, I really love that word, recognize, like, re- you know, mm-hmm. cognizant, like the brain, like, remember that we are one so it's always there it's just that sometimes we forget or we too, get too busy or there's too much mental activity or we get too neurotic <laughs> uh, or too egoic or too fearful that we forget you know and i i really love i really like that concept of separation i think asim is that's what it's all about right it's like realizing our oneness and that's i think the direction we're all headed like whether we're there to see it or not you know because <laughs> yeah know. But, but but also that 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 individuality i think still amazing and wonderful and important and mm-hmm. you, you know like i mean i don't think there's an error that there's something we've got to necessarily evolve beyond we could still be in that place of being aware of that solid connection to everything and still celebrate and enjoy this individual um perspective right. and experience you know I think yeah absolutely like both, i think it, yeah uh, a richness to our lives it colors our personality um and it creates the unique individual the unique expression of god and 
Yeah, I think, yeah. but I think it, it is great though to appreciate and at least know that, well, there is that other way of seeing beyond yeah. the five senses. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, I think I think we're all I think we're always pointed to that. So in the way that I see that it flows towards um, balance and the absolute naturally in the world around us, we can't help but flow in that direction in our lives to that realization, one way or another, on a personal level, because the world's always mm -hmm. reflecting back to us. So um, we we get to that realization. Um, otherwise, I think if that wasn't built in, we, we could potentially get lost in it. Lost in that illusory world of um, of separation and, and not not realizing, you know. So I think that, that even though we have that experience of um, of separation, unique perspective, which allows us to create something new, unique and add to it, um, uh, the, there is still always this flow back to this absolute state or whatever that that naturally occurs, which could be spiritual evolution or could be called, you know, just it, which is in the laws of physics and you know it's. Yeah. Um, yeah. Mm. Yeah, or like enlightenment in spirituality. Yeah, or, or like enlightenment spirituality as well. Yeah. 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 So maybe one of the things that also really intrigued me about physics and spirituality is the concept of time. Because, uh, you know, in spirituality and the metaphysical, you know, there's no time. Um, they say it's like, the ever, the forever present <laughs> series of like moment, moment, moment. And then there's also a clock time or physical time and then there's psychic time. Can you tell us a little bit more about how time relates to like the book and how you discussed it here? When you yeah, mentioned? well, I mean, I mean time comes, time is, exists in the world of duality really and um, before and after. Um, so on that realm, on the realm of the separate parts, there's me, there's this body, and there's this world outside, or there's, um, you know, there's um, there's a picture of how you look before and a picture of how you look after. There's, um, you know, in that world of duality, time exists. You know, there's a relativity to, to everything. Um, whereas in the in the absolute realm, there can't be any time. There's no duality. There's no before or after. There's no, um, you know, that 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 realm is really um, beyond time. If you were, if you imagine you were, you were all that is. You were everything. You just were everything. This one thing. You were everything. Include just one thing. There's nothing to be relative to. Yeah. The, the, even if you expand and change and grow. Um, you are just that, and uh, but you can only so so in that world. I mean, expanding and changing, and growing. As soon as you even talk about that, that's coming into the idea of of duality and relativity and time. Um, right. But if right. you're if there is just the all that is, just this, this absolute, then there is no change. There is no change because there's nothing for it to be relative to. It's right. it, it's hard. It, I, so it, I guess it's beyond um, the, the world of time exists also in the world of duality. Mm. And, and, and there's this body and then there's this thing out there. So then, yeah, it's as, as soon as you start to talk about the absolute and try to explain it, uh, you know, it's almost like um, a direct experience you get a taste of. Yeah, yeah. So uh, when you yeah. try and explain it, it it, it does it, it kind of you you fall straight out of it as soon as you start talking yeah. about it. Yeah, like even you know when you talk about like labeling like the absolute, the universal mind, God's mind, the source, like these are just our own limited human attempts to name this experience. Um, the more you describe it, the the harder it actually is. Because I, I think, especially in the realm of spirituality, like the best way to learn is really from a phenomenological place, like from experience place. Yeah, totally. What's your, yeah, what's your own experience? So we can do our best to try to explain this. And you guys, this is such a great book, a great attempt at explaining all that. And you'll, you, I really enjoy this book. Like I feel like you explain the concepts in such an elegant way in a reader friendly way and yeah i i highly recommend that you get a copy of this book you guys <laughs> so before i maybe ask an additional question if for our listeners who are curious where can they grab a copy of your book return to the absolute um you can get it on amazon 
just uh, type in return to the absolute and uh, yeah, it'll come up somewhere in the search, I'm sure. Fantastic. <laughs> All right. So one of the things that is really big in the entrepreneurial space is really on the aspect of action, you know, taking action. And sometimes this can be used in many different ways or context and sometimes it's used out of context um, sometimes it feels vague to the people who receive it you know when people just say just take action you know sometimes like what does that even mean to take action or like action in general sense but anyways in the last part of the book in uh, uh, life experiences duality and the absolute you talked about action um, can you expound a little bit more about that um, yeah, I think um, I was, I guess I was using um, a, an analogy in that where I was talking about your, you know, your energetic kind of signature or, you know, the energy you're giving off and action. So I was using the example of imagine you're trying to get to a, a tree, I think, um, you know, it's, it's quite a bit away and you're in a, a you're in a state where you just you're really frustrated, you don't think, you know, things aren't working out for you, you're not, you know, you're just angry and, and frustrated and you're trying trying really hard to get to something and achieve it, then you could work so hard and you could just put in more and more and more action and it could go the opposite way. I find that with painting, like when I was, um, if I was in a state where I'm just trying to force myself and I'm, I'm doing it, um, but I'm not in a good place, I'm not in a good headspace, and I'm trying to paint and do it, then I, in particular with oil paints, you've got to wait for them to dry and then redo it. So, so all the time when I'm in that place, I have to I had to redo what I did and do it again. Whereas if I'm in a place where I'm feeling really, really good within myself, really happy, really tuned in and feeling um, amazing, then what I create actually um it ends up being good. Um, so I guess I was using the analogy of when you are in that place, feeling that good, feeling good, that you're standing on solid ground. So, you you know, you're you, when you act, then you move towards it a lot more effortlessly than if you're in a really bad mood or angry, and then you actually put effort, which could make things way worse uh, when you start acting from that place. So it's that action from, from that route. So I was just kind of using the, I guess, the emotional state you're in as the ground you're standing on. So... If, if you're in a bad emotional state, then it's like could be like um, you know, in a in a pit of tar. <laughs> you know, if you're in a really bad emotional state, and harder you more you more you act and pull, you might quicker you might go down, you know, or quicksand or something. So, yeah. um, so it's important to you know to get into that um, to act from that good feeling place. So it's certainly sometimes people will think that you know, you know, it just means you get into this good feeling place and then you do nothing. I, I, that may be the case at some points, but other times, not at all. You might be fully doing loads of stuff, acting from, but you're in that place first. You don't then just go out and try and act and sort things out when you're like really angry, frustrated, or disbelief or feeling miserable, you know? So, um, that is so good. Like, so it's all about the state. You know, in spirituality, they say anything that we do is infused with the energy with which we do it. Yeah, so, yeah. Calvin said that very beautifully. Like, it's not just about taking action, but who are you being or what's your state of being as you engage in the action? Because, yes, you can take two different, uh, two the same action with two different consciousness or energies. Like, you can do a task joyfully or you can do a task miserable, yeah. you know, feeling misery. So it's all about using your free will, your consciousness to set the state. And, you know, to our listeners, it can be as simple as asking yourself, who do I want to be as I write this article? Who do I want to be as I interview this guest? Who do I want to be as I join my family on the dinner table? And, you know, you'll realize that your answers tend to lean on the higher frequencies, the higher version of ourselves. Like no one mm -hmm. intends to, you know, ruin someone's day or be mean to anyone. But I guess that tends to happen when we're not exercising that consciousness and we're letting all these unconscious or subconscious programmings and conditioning that things 
you know, just unfold without our being aware of it. So I think that's really good. I think there's such a powerful refinement on taking action. I love that visualization on the ground, you know, your emotional state, your being, that's the ground on which you stand as you take the actions. So it's really important to be able to set that uh, state. So Calvin, to make this a little bit more actionable and practical for our listeners, what exercises or activities can you recommend to our listeners in order for them to to take action from that place of like good feeling, good mood, you know, expansive, come from a place of love and not fear? Well, I mean, uh, really to get some kind of routines, daily routines. I mean, it's, uh, you know, in place and it can be different for everybody. What, whatever um, it gets you feeling feeling good and capable and in a positive state each day and making a routine out of it. I mean, for me, I I, I do the kind of normal sort of things that a lot of people do. Um, I, I, you know, I, I go to the gym in the morning and I come back, I meditate. Um, so meditation is obviously a massive, massive one um, because that, that quite... It, it quietens down that part of ourself that lives in the world of separation and uh, and allows us to be more in that place where we're 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 in in tune with that bigger perspective that seems to be able to guide us a little bit more, uh, you know, in the right direction. So the meditation and and journaling, I like to journal, write, you know, just writing. So I love to write and I'll ask questions, you know. So I write in the journal, you know what. What can you show me? What can you teach me? What can, you know, and I just kind of forget about it. And then I get answers, you know, I get answers and they just pop in my head. And um, that's a huge thing. Personally, I love walking and swimming and things. So just having routines that, uh, and I don't particularly like getting up to the gym every day. I don't, I don't go every day. I might go three or four times a week, but I don't particularly like it. But when I when I leave there, I've been moving my body and my blood's flowing, and I, I feel good. You know, I feel uh, strong. I feel pos- more positive than what I did so often when I go in. So it's doing whatever it is to get yourself into that state. Um, I think it's the key. And then when you do that, then you start making better, better decisions. You start getting ideas that are are more in line with that feeling place. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, I really you know it's, it's what I guess what you're doing each day and the sort of habits you you form and, and and don't beat yourself up if you fall off a bit you know because <laughs> sometimes people are like oh uh, you yeah. know you might hold yourself such high standards and then if you don't do it then yeah. you start thinking you're a failure you're no good and then you just you know everyone struggles with in different ways and um you know it's, it's doing the best you can even if you still drop down into bad habits then still just try and get yourself back up again and just keep trying to do it a little bit you know um, and, it, and, it, and and things start to reflect that, you know. Yeah. So that that's that's that, that's that's what I do anyway. Um, and um, I know that's what many many people do. Uh, I'm sure you have routines yourself that um, yeah. get you into a good place and a good state, and, you know. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I really love that. Um, so, in a gist, establishing routines. So. To our listeners, like routines are so powerful because they help create some level of control on the level of physical. Physical, it's very good for the mind because it there's a sense of predictability, and even on a level of habit, you know, when we start outsourcing stuff to the mind, so we don't have to consciously think about every single thing that we have to do, then we have more mental space to do other things because we're not like having to consciously force ourselves to establish certain behaviors because we just do it out of routine or habit. So it's nice to always have that going. And I absolutely love that you mentioned meditation because that's so big. And, you know, I have so many books here. And one of the things that really overlap for books around self-help and self-improvement is really on meditation. But I still notice at least my own experience that a lot of people struggle with this Mm. i I guess they come from a place of like it's either a lack of willingness like i I don't want to try it or i'm not willing to do it or just from a place of like unfamiliarity like i don't know how i don't know if i'm doing this correctly or perfectly or i don't know so so it's really good that you mentioned that um 
and doing physical activity. You know, it just speaks to the mind-body connection. How when you exercise your body, when you move your nervous system, and when you, you know, engage in action, like there's a a, a mind-body connection. So that also helps condition the mind. It helps put the mind in a more resourceful state, and it opens the mind for more creativity, more critical thinking, less stress, so more resilience. Um, it's also the best way to exercise self-discipline and self-control exercising because it doesn't come naturally to us, right? We have to kind of like almost discipline ourselves, although there are ways to not have to rely on discipline, but it is an aspect of exercise and physical activity. So Calvin, uh, on about meditation, can you give our listeners a couple of tips, especially to those who are still starting out or, you know, they don't know what meditation is about or they're confused or they tried it and then they didn't experience any result or transformation or change and then they stopped doing it. So what's your yeah. Well, uh, a lot of the people when I talk to lots of people in my life that don't meditate and um, lots of people do, you know, most people who are close to me do. But uh, people often say, I can't meditate. I've tried it. I just can't do it. You know, mm-hmm. I think they, they try it and they sit there and their mind is so active and it's mm-hmm. just so uncomfortable and they think that I'm so far from that. You know, they're so far from really getting into it. And I think, I think you know, there are ways, it's, it may, maybe meditation in some ways could be like going, for some people it's okay. For me, it was a struggle and it still is at times, you know, um, because my mind's still very active. But, um, you know, even, even walking along the beach, for example, even walking along the beach and... Um, you know, you've got no stimulation around you, nobody's around you, your thoughts, your mind quietens down a bit, you know, and that way that that can all can also, you can also do a meditation while you're walking um, or doing, doing anything. It doesn't have to be, you just become aware of your thoughts and you just try and say, focus on your breath or focus on the steps or just, and you don't have to be good at it. You know, even if you just manage to do it for a few minutes, a few minutes a day, um, of even just focusing on your breathing. If you can just do like one minute, two minutes, three minutes, um, and just focus on your breathing and just do that, then that opens up a little bit of a space. And it's just like starting with li- like tiny little weights, you know, and just building up just slowly rather than maybe thinking, right, I've got to sit down for 20 minutes or 10 yeah. minutes and just not think for like 10 minutes, 20 minutes and all, I can't do this. So, so you can just start a little bit and, and don't have high expectations of it. And you might start to, you know, open it up and just go a bit more and more in that direction. And you can listen to music, you know, sometimes um, um, if your mind's quite active, you can just go onto whatever platform you want and um, listen to some nice tranquil meditation music, which can sometimes help. Um, you can guide guided meditations as well. If your mind's particularly active, you can listen to some um there's so many out there, so many options out there, you know, to get started into it. Um, and um, yeah, but the meditation uh, by far has been the 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 biggest thing for me. Uh, there's no doubt about it. Um, like you were saying for yourself, and um, yeah. So, uh, whatever perspective, even if you don't have to take it as a spiritual thing. But just on a purely pragmatic, getting on with your life, being able to focus, having more control over your emotional state and your well-being and how productive you are. And uh, uh, it's, yeah, definitely. It's been done for a long, long time and it works. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And yeah. It, it, it still exists to this day exactly for that reason. It works. Um, so, yeah, I, I do invite you guys, for those of you who still don't meditate, are opposed to the idea just give it a a shot you know it really is is free it's like your own session of therapy self-therapy if you may call it that it's accessible to you anytime and Calvin and I I say safe to say uh we are vouching for this it really works we highly recommend um, and even I'll just add, even with the painting and art, some people like art. I, I would sometimes be painting for eight hours straight and I wouldn't even be aware of it. wouldn't even think reading, drinking, doing anything because I was just going got to that state. So sometimes people, and that could be anything. It could be just something people love to do. And it gets them out of that place of like worry, thinking, 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 yeah. and just, in, just into being. So it can be in so many things. It can be present in anything, really. 
um, and sometimes if we're doing something we really enjoy, then we we do lose ourselves. You know, it's like losing yourself in it. So you yeah, can like a flow state. Yeah. 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 I love how you mentioned earlier. You said for some people, you know, they have this. They say I can't meditate. Um, so th that's a really important too to kind of like release the idea of your inability to meditate. Like you need to open yourself up first in order for meditation to work its wonders to you. And you also mentioned that one of the things that stop people, which has been my experience too, is like people will say, my mind's too active, which is so ironic because that is, they're the people who need meditation the most. <laughs> yeah. If your mind is too active, there's so much mental activity. There's so much, um, you know, we may call it neurosis or, or so much internal chatter, inner talk. You know, meditation is the remedy to this. And it's yeah. not a earlier too, like not having expectations. I think that's so big because I think pe when people go into meditation, they have an, an expectation that, okay, this is going to clear the, you know, the noise in my head. And I love that you mentioned, don't, don't expect anything. Just engage in the process, trust the process. And it's not about necessarily quieting the mind. It's all about, like Calvin said, being fully present to the thoughts, but keeping a safe distance away from the thoughts. Like you're not like engaging with that. You're like looking at it from like a bird's eye view or from a third person perspective. And it's really just about observing, just observing and not attaching yourself. Because sometimes when it comes to mental activity, we like try to chase everything, all the thoughts and try to catch everything. So meditation and mindfulness is really just about sitting back and looking at all these activities. And what's nice too that Calvin shared is like there's so many ways to do it. I think we're so familiar to like specific ways of meditating where you just do breath work. But yeah, you can do walking meditation where you're just putting all your awareness on your steps or when you do breath work, you know, just focusing on the breath or even doing creative work like painting or playing an instrument or even reading. And I love how the author uh, Eckhart Tolle even said that I think it was so surprising to me when you shared that I don't meditate. And I was like, oh, really? You don't meditate? And you're like this whole like enlightened master. And mm -hmm. he was like, yeah, because life is my meditation. So it's like the moment by moment by moment. It's like, you know, as I'm sitting here having this chat with Calvin, this is a meditation. Um, because we are fully present here. We're here. We're not thinking about like, oh, I have to do this later. Or, oh no, what's this person going to think? Or there's no, it's just present. And it's a very blissful, joyful, and peaceful place to be in and I, I invite you guys to really give this a try. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. So Calvin, as we reach the end of this episode, um, where can our listeners and viewers also uh, find you online if they want to connect? Um, well, I do have, um, I mean, look, the, the book's, um, I guess, one of the sort of main platforms, but I do have, um, um, uh, I've got a website, um, which is artofreality.com, and that's got all, all the art on it and some more writing. Um, so there's that website. And um, yeah, so people are welcome to, I've got, I've got other business things, which are, see, this is my, this is my, this is just something I had I, I had to do. I just wanted to, not just wanted to do it. It was a big deal for me to be producing the book and this art for this purpose. But um, I also have got a, a few other businesses which um, I, I do, which are the yeah, which which are fun, you know. And give me give me I guess um, I think I, I worked on what kind of lifestyle I wanted, and then I created businesses around that. And um, yeah, so anyway, I'm. Very yeah. grateful, but yeah, so you can, yeah, 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 and um, you know, I sort of like used this book to have Calvin on the show. You know, when I was reading this a few months back, before when I was still conceiving the idea of a podcast, I was like, oh my gosh, I really love this book. I'm gonna have this guy on the show, and I did. <laughs> so, Calvin, thank you so so much. Uh, for joining me on this episode on the podcast. Um, 
you know, hopefully we might cross paths again down the line and have you on. This was such a fun conversation and I really appreciate and I'm sure our viewers and listeners appreciate your unique insight on physics and how that intersects with spirituality and all the awesome stuff that you shared and the advice that you shared. Thank you, Chris. (laughs) Hey, Go-Getter. Want to know a quick way to boost your motivation and productivity? Three words, crystal clear goals. I have a guide for it. It's called Goalbook, your guide to crystal clear goals. Head on over to chrisacebu.com slash goalbook and grab your free copy now.